or if you're gonna have a coffee today, can you just sacrifice at least one or two of your coffees today from um, from whichever cafe to fill up a box? You know what? It's amazing, you know, to see the um, the faces of the children that receives these boxes. So um, yeah, we only got a couple more weeks. So if you have boxes at home that you want to fill up, we ask that you bring into church. Apart from that, that's all. Welcome, Pastor Steve, up for the right word today. Amen. Hey, good morning. Well done, ladies. What an awesome working bee. And the ladies doing the Christmas trial. Well done. Two weekends in a row, busy people. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, God's definitely doing some amazing things in and through you, eh? Fantastic. And to the men the week before, we won't worry about the ones that were on the roof. We'll deal with them later. <laughs> but all good. Fantastic. How are we all doing? Yeah? Are we expecting? Are we ex excited? Are we happy? Is there stuff going on in your world? Things you want to share later on? No? You're just all happy to be in church, sitting down, being quiet. Is that right? <sighs> Everyone take a nice deep breath for me. <sighs> Isn't it good to be alive? Close your eyes and do that again. Deep breath in your nose. Hold it in and let it out. You know, Let all the worry and stress go with it. You're in church. It's a great day. So how about you put a smile on your face for me? That's, that's awesome. I've got three smiles. Fantastic. Yeah? All right, next time I'm going to do aerobics and we'll see if we'll get some smiles out of you. No, you're safe there, it's all right. I'm not going to do aerobics. I might put on an 80s video or something up there and you can all do that. Anyway, I'll get into it, eh? It's all good. <laughs> so you may recall uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Jamie, uh, Pastor Micah and I, we did a, a tag your it kind of day where the three of us spoke into uh, one of our values. Who remembers that meeting, that message? Yeah, what was that on? Does anyone remember? Ah, it's up there. Ah, can't trick you guys, hey. We actually, we've got kids in the school that do that. I don't know if you, you've been aware, but they do a memory verse every, every week. They learn a scripture memory verse. And about week, uh, day two, of the, uh, everyone goes, yeah, we've got it. And they all jump around and they start to recite the memory verse because we're fantastic kids, right? But let me tell you that little secret. They're all looking into the windows and seeing the reflection of what's up on the screen because they're smart kids. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's all good. Uh, so yeah, we, we were doing Grace Your It and, uh, sorry, Tag Your It and we're looking at, at uh, Grace and, you know, we figured that for the rest of the month we'll just throw in uh, some, some se a bit of some messages around Grace and uh, Pastor Micah shared an awesome message last week on the Grace of Discipline. No one, no one jumped or cheered about discipline. Mike, I might have to get you to share it again. There you go. So here we're in. All right. But anyway, he, um, he talked about this sense of discipline. And it's a tough thing to sort of move through the, t the season of grace, the month of grace, without acknowledging some of the things that have been happening in our world to date. So I want to touch on a few of those things. And really, um, not bring a sermon as such, but more of a devotional, a, a reflection. Is that okay to do? So today I'm going to look at a reflection on uh, grace, and in particular, 
a, a, a thought or a thinking or, or something that just continually is going around my thinking on a daily basis and it's this context of abiding in Christ. Everyone say abiding in Christ. Okay, so um, you might think, wow, that's, that's really weird, Pastor Steve. You've got one thought going around your head all the time. I, I do at the moment. And you might think, well, that's great for you. That would probably send me mad. You know, in a in normal case, the same thing going around my mind constantly, 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 I would get really, really sick of that pretty quick and it would send me mad. One of the thoughts that are going around my head uh, constantly at the moment, about 5 a.m. in the morning, I'm waking up with the thought of building going on in my mind and planning and, and all sorts of things. I'm laying there going, go away, I want to go to sleep. I want to stay asleep at least. And I kind of fight it for another 45 minutes to an hour and then I finally give in and I get up and I go for a prayer walk. So um, that's sort of what's going on. But yeah, it can drive us crazy at times when one thing keeps coming around as we think and as we go about our business. But really, it doesn't drive me crazy, this thought, because this is a thought that comes from Scripture. It's a thought that I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing up to remind me of something. And in fact, I'm probably the stubborn one that's not listening. You've sort of, we've all been there. The same thought comes up constantly, one after the other, and all of a sudden we kind of cave in and give in and say, okay, God, I'm starting to hear you. And, uh, or unless you're, you're really, really sort of... Uh, challenged in this area and you keep going around saying god you're not talking to me why is grace going around in my head yeah there's people like that as well right so um i, I think in abiding in christ it's not driving me crazy in fact it's really linked to this concept of the grace of god right it's 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 helping me because and I'd like to see you raise your hands here. Whose life is frantic at the moment? No, no only two or three people? No, a few extras. Who, who's having a little bit of a frantic life? Things just seem to be busy, busy, busy all the time. Come on, there's a few more than that. Right, most of us are, are a little bit frantic and a little bit busy. Well, it's in the frantic and the busyness of life that abiding helps me think clearly. Do you know that? It, it ministers in love helps me to minister when I'm busy, busy, busy. Let me say this. I'm busy all the time, but I'm not too busy for people. Does that make sense? You've got to be busy about the things of God, but you've also got to be aware that busyness is not going to achieve anything unless it's actually about people. And that's what I'm trying to say in this, this introduction about abiding in Christ. The thought keeps coming because I need the reminder that I'm not too busy for people and the more I abide in Jesus, the easier it is for me to think people first over task. Is that right? People first over task. <clears throat> and it's, it's this abiding in Christ that helps me to love dearly and deeply and to continue to minister and to continue to achieve the purposes of God. And it's here that uh, I remember things like this kind of thought. To lead is my spiritual act of worship. Okay? And each of us are called to a purpose. Each of us have something that God has actually putting his finger on. Even now as I'm talking to you, there's something that God is reminding that he's put in you 
to be able to do to glorify him. Now that might be, it might be to lead a church. It might be to be the best mum or dad that you can be. It might be to move into a, a sphere of business or a sphere of a role of a job where you become influential to the people around you. He might be moving you to be a teacher or he may even be moving you to be a parent. He may be moving you into politics and pity you if he is, but he will give you the grace for that one. Is that right? Uh, I thank God he never called me into politics, even though I sometimes get a bit political. Um, <clears throat> so bringing all this through to thinking, 2020 has truly been a crazy and tumultuous year. I think we can all agree on that one. You would not have expected at the 1st of January that 2020 would have turned out the way it has. And here we are, in middle, almost the middle of September. We don't know where the time's gone. We don't know what we've achieved throughout the year. In fact, we've had a lot of time sitting on our backsides watching television and not doing a lot at all. That's sort of just a generalisation, but that's sort of what it feels like to me. That's sort of what it feels like in my life. And, you know, it might be crazy and tumultuous, but it's still been a year of achievement. And especially when you, we, we look at Life Source Church as a whole. We started this year, for example, in renovation mode. Okay, things have changed. We all, we've all noticed some changes around the building. And now, as I'll explain later, I want to take a, a short a, a time of devotion, around 20, 25 minutes of devotion. And then I want to talk to us as a church about how God's leading us for the next phase of what we're standing into in relation to Verity Christian College, okay? And I did promise that a week or so ago that I would do that, and everyone said, yep, we're happy for that. So I feel confident to do that. So it's been fairly hectic, fairly busy from that perspective. Add to all of this stuff around 2020, the challenges both to the church, to you as an individual, to your families, to your businesses, even the challenges that have come against us in our community. And we've had challenges here at LifeSource as well. Um, like, just think of this one just as an example. Jumping straight into doing uh, online, church online services. Something that we'd scope maybe for a few years' time, but all of a sudden every church in Australia, well not every church, but most churches in Australia had to really quickly come up with how they were going to do church online because we weren't allowed to meet together. And that takes a lot of effort, doesn't it? It takes a lot of volunteering in the background, a lot of work. And for that, I'm grateful for the people that said, you know what, Pastor, I'm in. We'll make this work no matter what. And there was hours and hours and hours of people volunteering in the background so that each Sunday we could wake up and watch a service at 8.30 or 10.30 in the morning. And I actually appreciate them and want to say thank you for everyone that got involved and, and helped out with that. And so just those sorts of things that change up our life. We weren't meeting together, so the team decided uh, that we would start putting just some care packages together so we could stay in communication. And thankfully, we got them out over two months. We didn't quite get the third one done, but we got there. And it meant that everyone in the church received a, a small care package with some information in it, a face-to-face -face hello or something dropped off on your doorstep. And every one of you got phone calls. Like, do you understand the amount of work that goes into something like that to coordinate that? And, and I just thought, wow. This was not expected come January. But people jumped in and said, when Pastor Jamie rang them and said, hey, would you mind ringing 10 or 12 people? Yeah, sure. And some of the people in the church said, you know what? This is awesome. I'm ringing people I've never even spoken to or met before. And it was really cool. And they just started a conversation up. And I think some of you have had, had one of those phone calls. And I, I hope you appreciate that. So just tumultuous stuff going on. Just different things. 
We, we, we decided to do all of that because in the end, church must still go on. As one of the young guys in the Asher team said to me earlier, he said, I wonder what they did during the big plague, the mass plague, the black, like the bubonic plague and things like that. I said, well, they just kept doing life together and all of a sudden more and more people were dying until someone finally cottoned on, don't go near one another. You know? but, but thankfully we've got a little bit more um, wisdom today and a bit more information around these things that help us to do the things that we need to do to remain safe. But you know, ultimately church must still go on. Is that right? Why? Because pastor said so? No, that one doesn't work. Why must church go on? Because when Jesus started church, it was perpetual until the time that he comes back and returns to collect the church. So church must the need for the people to hear the gospel. Be encouraged to hear the gospel. Be encouraged in the word of God so that you can continue to go about your daily business being a witness unto Christ. That's why the church needs to still go on. Here at Life Source. One of our visions was there would be a beehive of activity. Do you remember? We've sort of talked about that over the years. And it's a busy place now, isn't it? When we think during the week how busy things are on site here uh, through Verity Christian College, through the church, and even off site down at Barnabas House, how busy things are from the ministry of a church perspective. We're slowly but surely bringing new levels of practical service in as well. One of my dreams last year was to see a, a team of legends um, brought together and we call them today our deacons. And that's slowly starting to build some momentum and as they start to meet together, all of a sudden they're going to be ready and, and we're going to say, let's bring them up the front, let's pray for them, let's, let's release them for ministry. And I can tell you, everybody's going to be encouraged by that step. And 2021, you'll be all saying, 2020 is gone and now all of a sudden we're flying. We're flying in the goodness of God. That's what God's grace is actually about achieving. And that's why this concept keeps going around in my head. Because I could be sitting back going, woe is me, I'm so busy, when part of the reason I'm so busy is I'm the cause of that busyness. Right? So in the middle of following God's call, he supplies grace to help us become sufficient to fulfill the call to understand that concept it's the grace of god that helps us so abiding in christ why is this something that's going around in my head because it's a key that we have to understand if we're going to continue to see the kingdom of god advanced like i said if this constant reminder wasn't there it would be the opposite in my case i would be going completely mad by now if we were just to navigate the directives from the church perspective that's fine but the church is called to answer some of the biggest questions that come up in our society the first one is homelessness and crisis that's why we we have the blessing of the daughter organization of barnabas house the second one is that we want to see good, strong Christian children grow up and be discipled unto the Lord. Because it's not about making believers, right? Jesus said, go and make disciples. So the school is about discipleship. So you start adding these two big organizations on their own, 
into the concept of already a very large um, organization in the context of church structure and things become even busier. Do we, we all understand that from, from just the simplicity of what I've said there. And then throw in 2020 and this mad virus called coronavirus, COVID-19. And all of a sudden, everything changes. Everything changes. But I actually want to say that 2020, while it has brought up its difficulties and challenges, can also be seen as one of the sweetest if we look at it from the perspective of God's grace, his abiding presence, his empowering presence to help us get through the things that come against us. See, we could be praying that God take away the virus, and I think we should be praying that, but we also are to be praying that God with grace is to overcome because we're called to be overcomers, right? It's not that God doesn't get involved in our world. It's just normally he allows the things of the world to continue. That's the result of sin. It's he graces his sons and daughters to overcome. And this is the importance of his abiding presence. I find it interesting how differently this is coming out compared to the first service. There's this awesome passage of scripture that John writes to us. He captures the voice of Jesus. We're all interested in the voice of Jesus, I hope. This is Jesus' words to us. And it helps us understand, and this is where the devotion is really going, is around John chapter 15. Let me read this a little bit to you and maybe talk to it the way Holy Spirit wants me to talk to you today. He says, this is Jesus' words. That's the moment you sit forward on your chair and you tune in and you start to listen to what Jesus is saying. Okay? He says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruitful. Let me pause there for a second. Who's ever pruned a plum tree before? Plum tree specific. Okay. Now it happens in other trees as well, but plums, I've found this happens a lot more in plums. Maybe it's just because of the way I prune, but there's more of these things happening in my plum tree than fruit-bearing branches. And that is, you've heard the concept of a, of a water shoot. Plum trees, they'll shoot a fruit-bearing branch, which usually I think it's the second year produces fruit and they'll shoot a water bearing or a water shoot. And that water shoot, its only purpose is to make the tree bigger and therefore have leaves. But if anyone understands fruit, you kind of want to open the middle up so that the fruit and the leaves and happening in the middle start to get some sun because that produces better fruit. So really the water shoot is a waste of time for the tree. And in fact, it actually draws strength and nutrients from the tree that are beneficial for the fruit growing branches. You understand? So that Jesus is talking about the concept that, Je- that the Father, Jesus is the tree, he's the vine, right? That the Father is the vine dresser, he's the one that comes along, and in fact, he trims off the water shoots. Now, without going too much into that, 
I would ask myself if I was asked, reading this passage of Scripture to myself, am I a water shoot or a fruit growing branch? That's a big question, isn't it? Now, I've already stated that you have a purpose in God. And your purpose in God is to bear fruit unto the kingdom of God. And in fact, John uses this language, fruit that will last, is to bear fruit, not to suck the life out of the vine for your own selfish gain. You see the parallels? Because if your Christian journey is about you, and about what you will receive, and about how you can become better, and your influence gets greater, then it's not going to be long, and the vine dress is going to come along and say, well, this is a waste of time. Snip, and cut you off from the lifeblood. Do you understand the concept of what's going on here? Because when your Christian walk is about me, 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 I'm drawing life from the vine, but my output is not sufficient for what is coming into me. You understand the concept? Is that, or is that actually over our head? You see, Jesus is about bearing fruit. He says, abide in me. It goes on. I'll read a little bit more. Verse 3 is really interesting. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. I love that. Already you are clean. You are clean based upon what? Your actions or your faith in what Jesus did? From the word that I have declared to you, he had declared that he had to go to the cross. He had declared that he was going to die for the sins of the world. He had declared that he was going to be rose again. You are clean by what Jesus has done. So this is not a message of repentance as such. This is a message to help us understand that from the cross, from what Jesus did for us, it will produce fruit in our life when we understand the key, which is abiding in his grace. Make sense? So it continues, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. I recently pruned my trees. It was a little bit late this year, not too late, but I was a little bit late. And my trees had already started to bud and start to come into blossom. And I went, oh, I'm a bit late. So in fact, I probably did the worst thing I could do. I pruned harshly, which means that I, I, I brought them right back, pruned them really hard. Now, those branches, they still had lifeblood flowing through them and they fell to the ground and two weeks later, they had actually come to full blossom, even though they were just cut away from the, block, from, the, from the vine. About that time, I could have cut the end of that, that branch, grafted it back into the tree and that limb would have survived. Do you know that? amazing but now i've left them to the ground those flowers have died those branches are starting to shrivel and they're only good for the fire and sometime in the next couple of weeks i'll package them up and i'll burn them that's what jesus is talking about because he doesn't just the finder doesn't just come and cut the water shoots the selfish ones 
he also comes and he prunes the fruitful branch. Right? And that's when we say, ouch, that hurt. It's in that moment the vine dresser comes along because when you've got a branch that's this long, for example, and there's, there's potentially, there could be 20 pieces of, or there could be 20 plums on that branch. When the wind comes against that, that branch is not strong enough to support those 20 pieces of fruit and that branch will break. So the Father's purpose by the Holy Spirit and through the pruning of his word is about making you strong enough to support the fruit that he's called you to plant, just to grow. Does that make sense? So as he prunes you, he might knock this much of that long branch off so that you're now only this short. But you will produce five or six pieces of fruit that will be larger and tastier. And do you understand the concept? Like that process makes you be able to bear more and become more fruitful for God's purpose. So it's not about the amount of fruit that you produce, it's about the quality of fruit that you produce. And, and he's saying in this that he's not stopping us from being exposed to the elements around us. If I planted a tree inside here, do you think it would produce good fruit? Absolutely not. Why? It's not getting any sun. Okay? So to get sun, we can't necessarily protect it from the other things when the sun's not there. For example, rain, hail, the storms that come against it, the, the, the uh, pestilence that happens. That's another reason we prune is because sometimes a branch gets rotten and we've got to cut the rotten bit out or the, the diseased piece out. So the father's job is to actually prune the tree to become more and more fruitful. And your job is to go, ouch, thank you. <laughs> because you're abiding, right? So what is this abiding? This abiding is your connection to the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Right? Apart from him, you can do nothing, right? So don't get separated from the vine. That's the simplest thing that I can say. But in him, the source of his life flows into the branch. As the vine takes the nutrients out of the soil, it travels up the bark and it goes into the branches, the fruit-bearing branches. So to be corny... To remain connected to the vine means that your life source comes from Jesus. One fell to the ground that time. He is your life source. Without being connected to the vine, everything you achieve will come to nothing. Does that make sense? Right. This is what it is to abide. To stay connected to him. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. Who wants to bear much fruit? Who wants to bear great fruit? Absolutely. Not great fruit, great fruit. Right? <laughs> whoever abides in me, okay? Whoever. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. Isn't that our purpose? Isn't that our purpose to glorify God? By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. They're Jesus' words. They're not the words of James that talks about faith. Show me your, your faith and I'll show you my deeds. These are actually his brother's words, Jesus, who says, prove your fruit that you are a disciple. By your fruit, prove that you are my disciple. This brings us back to this one thought that I would like to encourage you with. The truth is your faith and fruitfulness are entirely your responsibility as a friend of Jesus. And it's all quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> so much for a devotion, right? Holy Spirit's hitting you somewhere because you're understanding the concept of what Jesus is saying in this metaphor. Jesus has done everything else. Jesus is planted in the firm soil. Jesus is bringing up the nutrients that are good for you. In other words, he's supplying the grace. All we do as the key to producing fruit is abiding in Jesus. And this is why it's going around and around and around in my head. Because apart from him, I can do nothing. But in him, there's a world of possibilities. I'll give you an example. Stone fruit is an amazing kind of fruit. Peaches, plums, nectarines, all sorts of different things, right? You can have a beautiful rootstock. You can do this with citrus as well. You do it with lots of plants, actually. Avocado is a good one. But you could do this. You could have a rootstock that is going to produce a lot of fruit. And you can put four branches into this one rootstock. One can be a nectarine. One could be a white peach. One can be a queen peach. And if you want to be, um, if you want to be keen or gay, you can find something really random and put in there that's still of the same variety, like a stone fruit. I, I can't think of one at the moment. But you can might throw in a second type of nectarine or something like that. And those four branches will still produce fruit after their kind. So you can have a tree that will produce four different kinds of fruit at four different times of the season so that you can walk out and pick over four months awesome fruit. And this is the concept Jesus uses because he says that you are a wild olive branch and you've been grafted in to the tame or the chosen olive tree. And now you'll produce good olives because you're part of the good tree, right? He uses that analogy. It's the same in your life. I'm called to produce churches. What are you called to do? As a mum, you might be called to produce children. As a dad, you might be called to make sure you're a fantastic father or a great businessman. Mother or father doesn't matter. 
Man or woman, doesn't matter when it comes to business. You know what I'm saying. I'm just using examples. But you will produce fruit after the kind as you abide in Jesus. Does that make sense? Apart from him, you'll do nothing. So you'll get frustrated, burnt out, torn down. You'll kick yourself and you'll pull yourself down and you'll listen to every lie that the enemy brings against you because you're not abiding in Christ. This is the grace of God in your life. We understand the grace of God by reading his word. That comes back to the grace of discipline. We understand the grace of God as he allows his Holy Spirit to come through and prune the branches. But it's for the purpose of producing good fruit. It's not for the purpose of destroying you. Who's happy that God doesn't want to destroy us? Yeah? Absolutely. I love this. It finishes off. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What are the commandments that Jesus is talking about here? Is he talking about don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery? No. He's talking about them in the new way that he's referring to them. Abiding in his love, which means to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, strength, soul, all of your being. You can't do that when you're in love with yourself so much that God is put on the back burner. Right? Does that make sense? I love the Lord my God with everything that I am then I trust that he's going to do me well because he says that he loves me. He says it right there in that passage. You can read it with your own two eyes. And the second thing is like it. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the things that you desire for your own life, how about you pray for them in your neighbor's life? How about you actually go and see that fulfilled in your neighbor's life? Because eventually, by loving that person, it'll come back on your life. You're not doing it so it comes back on your life, but that's the promise that we see within this. Abide in my love. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Who wants Jesus' joy in them? And who wants their joy fulfilled? Come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength, is it not? And the way we get joy is by being connected to the vine. It's abiding in the grace that is supplied from the vine himself. He is the lifeblood that is flowing through you. Outside of that, your dreams, your desires, your will, when you surrender them to God, you will find that he will fulfill those things and much more because you put him first. And you will also reap of the beautiful fruit that comes from your own life. That is the truth of the way Jesus is speaking in this context. Does that make sense? He says it like this. Well, I'll say it like this. The vine is Jesus. Everything is complete when he says it is finished. Which means we look back retrospective that the promises of God are already yes and amen in Jesus. 
God said he had to go to the cross. God promised he would rise again. Jesus surrendered to the Father's will and he reaped. John says it like this in John 12. He says um, that because, because of Jesus not being of sin, that the seed, that is Jesus, had the right to remain forever but to be forever alone. If the seed dies, which he's referring to going into the soil, the seed would reap a harvest and therefore never be alone. Isn't that an amazing concept? And Jesus chose as the seed to die in your place so that by his death and resurrection, every one of us can live forever. And unto that, he reaps a harvest under himself. Jesus could have remained forever, and that's what Satan tempted him with, but he would have been forever alone. And yet he chose to die to fulfill this calling so that you could be a part of him. How amazing is our God? I don't think I need to touch on that one, but you can read Romans 8, 35 to 39 yourself. But ultimately, spring has sprung, has it not? Isn't that a beautiful picture? When you see the blossoms on the trees. You drive around Griffith at the moment and there's just, some of them are just starting to die off now, the flowering trees. But that means that the fruit trees are, are out in full bloom. And it's an amazing sight when you start to see it. Who's, who likes those family photos where people are getting shot in the... Photos are being shot in the almond trees. You know, the almond tree is the first one to bud. Um, it's an amazing thing. I think there are beautiful photos. But you see, spring has sprung. And I want to declare that over your life today. Spring has sprung. Don't let 2020 condition your thinking and your mindset anymore. It's not the year's fault that this stuff has happened. Okay? Now, God has allowed it for sure. But God allows these things so that we would draw closer to him and come in tighter to him and draw more from the source, draw more from him. So when we abide in him, the season doesn't affect us. But I'm here today to tell you that spring has sprung. And spring is springing in your life even now as we speak. And I want to pray with you before I move on to the next thing I want to do. What I want to pray for is I want to pray for um, people who have, have a dream in God. People who, who feel like that if they try any harder, it's not going to work. People who have heard what I've said today and want to abide in the grace and the life flow of Jesus. Because like I said, everything healthy grows. Everything that God creates has a purpose. Every, if you believe that or you don't, everything that God does comes through to the end and achieves its purpose. His word does not return to him void is another way of saying that. What God wants for your life is to see the calling he has for you to come through. So each one of you, I'm looking at you now, what I'm seeing is a branch in bloom. When a branch is in bloom, it means there's fruit. And the Holy Spirit is like a bee. 
Holy Spirit wants to go from one branch to the next branch, to the next flower, to the next blossom, to the next thing. And in doing so, excuse my language, he's going to impregnate a calling on your life. Because anything outside of the call of God is going to come to nothing. So unless the Holy Spirit pollinates your flower, it won't come to fruit. Amen? So that means your part in this is to partner with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for people who want to start a business or want to see their business continue to thrive so they can continue to sow into the kingdom of God financially. I want to pray for people, for mums and for dads who want to do that better. I want to pray for people who feel like they're called to a different sphere of influence within our community where where they're hearing the word of God and they're saying, I need to change my job. I want to pray for people who have the burden in their heart to one day plant a church. Because, again, the calling of God wants to manifest on your life. I want to pray for people, mums and dads, married couples, who are wanting to see the fruit of a healthy marriage come through. Because we understand that a boy meets a girl and the Holy Spirit brings them together in one through their marriage and then through their physical union they produce fruit and that fruit is not a happy marriage even though that's part of it it is the fruit of children everything healthy grows but in saying that I also want to pray for those who are believing for a partner because that is something that God has put into your life. Because two are better than one, as the Word of God says. I want to pray for people who are struggling in marriage and want their marriage to be something that is better than where they're at. And they want their marriage to be a light of the gospel. I want to pray for kids who just say, you know what, whatever, whatever God has for me, I'm going to do it. Missionaries that will be sent from this place. To hear with a heart of what happens when you abide in Jesus. When you abide in Jesus, all of the things, the calling of God starts to come back and it makes sense. So as I pray today, maybe you just might, one of those things that I've said, it's just on your heart, maybe you want to join with me in faith and stand to your feet. But I'd like to offer this as a time of ministry and just allow time for the Holy Spirit to be like a bee to come into your heart and just touch you and pollinate you with the dreams of God. Can we do that? So if you would like to stand to your feet, please stand with me now. Abiding means we rest in the security that the vine provides everything we need. The vine, who is Jesus, produces grace life and that grace life flows through us and produces fruit father god we thank you for your word and well we thank you that we've just allowed space and time as the holy spirit has led this morning for your words to sit on our life father each and every one of those people that i've spoken about the dreams that you have and the calling that you have 
and that you are just even stirring in their hearts right now. I stand with them, Lord, and I proclaim the favor of God over their life. And I declare right now that spring has sprung. The fruitful branches that are part of this tree, Life Source Church, connected directly to the vine, will produce amazing, abundant fruit. Father, I pray right now that as the spring rains fall upon this tree, that we will sense your refreshing in the Spirit today. I ask your Holy Spirit to just touch each and every one of our lives, birthing a dream and a vision in our hearts to be the parents that you've called us to be, to be the children that you've called us to be, to be the husband and wife, married couple you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that there will be fruit from marriages of new children. Lord, I pray for the men and women of our body and those watching online who are even praying for a life partner, that you, Lord, would answer their call because we believe that two are better than one. Their heart aches for the partnership and companionship of a life partner. Lord, I pray that by your grace, as they press into you and abide in Christ, they will become so attractive that there will be someone that will see them as the person you see them as. Lord, let there be fruitfulness, let there be marriage, let there be children, let there be new businesses. Lord, let there be an increase in wealth in our current businesses. We pray, Lord, there be a release of finances into the kingdom of God like there has never been before. Lord, we ask for those who are called to the sphere of influence within our community and beyond, Lord, that they will have doors open for them and that we will see fruitfulness come from their abiding in Christ. Not because they have forced their way forward or because they have pushed their way through a door that was closed, but because they have been patient and reliant upon the grace of your Holy Spirit and the word of God over their life, that they will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not be faint. Father, I pray spring has sprung over this house. Holy Spirit, we just allow you right now to touch our hearts and to bring about a transformation in our lives. Today we abide in you. Not by works, but by faith. We draw near to you because we love you, Lord. And the result of that, Lord, is a fruitful upbringing in life in our lives. Have your way. Today, release fruit that will last for the kingdom of God. Father, we pray even across this house, across all of our services and all that we are doing here, Lord, that there be a release of the evangelistic spirit into this, this church. Lord, let there be a release of the kingdom of God going forward. May our hearts hunger to see more people come to know the grace and favor of our God as we abide in you. As you said, we are the light of the world. We cannot be hidden under a bushel. We cannot be hidden. We are be set upon a hill that all men will be drawn under Jesus. Every woman, all women will be drawn under Jesus. Every child drawn under Jesus because we are a healthy, vibrant church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.
You may take your seats for a moment. Um, I do hope and pray that just within that reflection that you are challenged and inspired by the Holy Spirit. But it's not challenged and inspired to go and do more. It's challenged and inspired to draw more from the grace of God. Because that is the key to seeing us all growing into the fullness of who he's empowered us.